The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. What's going on? Welcome to Kinnell and Bell on this Wednesday. Big show we have to get to. The college football rankings. We'll get to those. Our reaction to that. Mello made his uh, debut for the Portland Trailblazers last night. LeBron continues his terror against the uh, NBA in this comeback season of sorts. And Antonio Brown apologizes to Robert Kraft. Do we believe it as authentic? We'll get to that and more. Plus our shoe showdown. Yeah. Which I can't wait to get I'm to. I'm taking beef with that already. But let's All right, go. we'll get we'll to get that later. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about buying gifts for yourself? What do you mean? I, I, You're I, on board I, with that, right? I, you're one of my favorite shows of all time, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Treat yourself, baby. <laughs> right? I am of the A. Why not? I, I work hard. Right. And treat yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. You should treat yourself. Why? What's I, up? Well, I got a birthday coming up, yeah. and I am in the market. Well, I don't, I'm not, I, don't need, I don't need another watch, mm-hmm. but I like watches. Yeah. I like nice watches, and I was shopping around some of them. But I do have kids. I do have girls. They need college education. Like I could probably do the smarter thing and take that money and maybe put it away into a college fund or something right. like that. But then there's also a part of me that says treat yourself. Treat yourself. You know right? what? You know what you should do before you treat yourself. What? Buy me my damn shoes. <laughs> I do. How I about do. that? Well, see, here's the thing. I actually. Yes. I was with my seven year old uh-huh. at the mall. Uh-huh. We were shopping for some basketball shoes for her, mm-hmm. and I was looking at Foot Locker, and I seriously, I was like, hmm, I wonder what Raja would like. Or do you want me to go ahead and get them, or do you want to have? <laughs> Like sign off privileges on them. I like. Or do you? Oh, you're myself? gonna give me sign. I'd actually like to see what you come up with for me. Okay. But if you would feel I more comfortable, see, I could get you a returnable receipt. With my wife now, I'm always like a sign off because I figure like I could buy her cool stuff, but like if I'm gonna spend the money, she might as well okay what I'm getting <laughs> right, right. Like right. we're past the point of where I need to surprise you with something. Right. I did. I, would I like did. To see I what almost you come up bought with. them. I almost bought them. But here, there's two problems. One, you don't like them, or two, you already have them. Which I think are both significant concerns. If you're but buying think, stuff out of Foot Locker or House of Hoops, House I might not have that door. stuff though, because I like some of that stuff. I don't buy a lot of new stuff. Right. Like my my most of my like stuff I bring out is stuff I had when I had that Nike comp. <laughs> exactly. Which I had that free Nike best. comp. Nike. I'm, the next time I miss my comp. Here's what I next to do is might have to go to New York City and do some shopping up there, because then you get more access to yeah, those true. bigger things. True. Danny, true. I got a question though. Oh, I got because I got a birthday coming up too. Is what is there a difference? <laughs> So can you explain to me the difference between buying a gift for yourself and just buying stuff? Uh, Well, it's easier to justify. Yes, that is true. And there is, well, see, for me, this is a bigger purchase. Like I don't buy a ton of crap. I don't, I don't, I don't do that much. So this is the one time I can kind of justify it. Say, you know what? If I'm going to spend, it's a birthday, right? I can do that. Uh, My daughters asked me all week. They've been like, Hey, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, don't get me anything because I'm right. probably going to get, I'm going to get something myself. You're just going to waste it. Right. I tell my wife the same thing. Yeah. Don't get me anything. Don't get me, write me a note, you know, get, make me dinner. Sure. My girl, my daughters, I'm like, just give me your time. Like, let's hang out together. Let's do, we'll have a daddy daughter date. Like, and I love that. Mm-hmm. If you do that, that's enough for me. And yet they'll probably pull together their 20 bucks and get me some crappy. I know. I, you know, I know. But I'll <laughs> right. love it. But it'll be counts, something that I will never yes, use. So correct. I'm like, save your money mm-hmm. and we'll just do something together. So it's, it's an interesting dilemma. Joey does bring up a good point, though, because I have bought watches before when it was my birthday. Right, right. And then this one, I'll probably be like, hey, it's Christmas, too. So hey, I man. can really justify it. Treat yourself. Bro. Yeah, exactly. It's Treat fun. yourself. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. And I will get those shoes. Size? 
15s. 15. All right. Yeah. So I can still get them. All right. Still have time. I'll get you some good ones. All right. <laughs> college football. Every Tuesday night yeah. uh, from November on, we get the playoff rankings release that is released by the College Football Sele- uh, Selection Committee. I – let me just com- – like, so I'll give you the top 10 right here. So we have no change in the top seven. I didn't think there would be. Top seven. Yes, correct. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Utah – Come in one through seven. I don't have any big beef there. I do think the committee backed themselves up against a wall last week by keeping Alabama at five after they had just lost to LSU and only dropping them two spots. And the big reason was Rob Mullins, the chair of the committee, referenced because Alabama does not have a good resume. Um, they beat Texas A&M. That's probably their most significant win. And they looked good in a loss. Like, I don't, I don't think that should garner you a lot of points and a lot of status. But Rob Mullins specifically referenced two weeks ago, he said their personnel is some of the best in the country. Now, when he says that, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's got to be their quarterback. Two was one of the best quarterbacks sure. in the country. That is a part of that personnel. And then when you lose him, are you going to knock them because Tua is out? That would be in line with what you're saying. Exactly. But I think the committee always is kind of talk out of both sides of their sure. mouth because they can and they have to justify. It's a hard job. They want to tell you why teams are ranked. This is where I think Alabama is misranked where they are, and yet I I don't think they would have been right in dropping them because Tua was out because we don't know if Mac Jones is going to be that good. Yeah, I mean, you I know? think you reserve the right to, to do that. Like, when you set the table for personnel being one of the things, like right now, you don't know what Matt, what, what he's going to look like, um, uh, what Bama will look like with him at quarterback. But if they come out this week and they're sluggish and they don't look great, uh, bless you. Then next next week, um, you come back and maybe, maybe they do fall to, what, six? Um, and you have one of those Pac-12 teams uh, jump up jump there. Them. And, right. Because I think the optics of it would look bad. Ohio State's the best example of why I don't like that the committee takes into consideration injuries at quarterback because Ohio State in 2014 won a national championship with, with Cardell. Cardell Jones, right. who was their third quarterback of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't like – because good football teams overcome injuries, and they have depth, and we don't know that do, yet. Do you imagine at the end of the day, um, if it holds true to form, let's say that Bama does not drop, they stay at fifth, through this whole process, one of those Pac-12 teams goes undefeated the rest of the way and wins the Pac-12. Georgia loses to LSU um, yes. in the SEC championship. Bama gets skipped by one of those Pac-12 teams. I think in. they should. Now, Bama fans are getting really comfortable at five, thinking, hey, if that scenario that you unfolded, if right. Georgia gets beat, we'll just bump in and we're good to go. I think they better be cautious with that one. Now, there is an interesting development, and this is one thing I think that was flawed last night. So I'll, I'll kind of bring this full circle. So – Penn State is ranked 8th. Minnesota is ranked 10th. Right. Which makes no sense to me because two weeks ago, they played on the field. Who won that game? Minnesota. And yet, the committee has Minnesota ranked two spots behind Penn State. You say, well, what was their justification for that? So, they referenced common opponents because Iowa just beat Minnesota. Penn State had beaten Iowa. So, this is is exactly what I'm talking about. Talking out of both sides of their mouth. I would always, if you have two teams that have similar resumes where they both have one loss not multiple but they both have the same amount of losses head to head should. i think head to head should matter yeah. like college football is supposed to be unique because the regular season matters but when you say hey we think penn state's better because they beat iowa like that that to me is throwing that out the window Correct. that game's like it didn't even happen so because they used common opponent here's where oregon could potentially i don't think it'll happen but this is what alabama fans are hanging on to oregon lost to auburn yeah Alabama has two games left, one against Western Carolina, one against Auburn. 
if Alabama goes out and beats Auburn convincingly, yep, there you go. Then there's your common opponent, uh, you know, um, criteria that, that that Alabama fans are saying. Well, you just used it for Penn State, Minnesota, but I do think there is a massive difference because Oregon, if they went out, will be a conference champion, which I know is not a requirement, but it is a pretty significant criteria that the committee would look at, and I do think they would value it. Plus, I don't think. I don't think there's any conspiracy theories. I don't think certain networks try to get the best matchups for, you know, I worked at ESPN, right? I saw how it played out. I don't think there's any pressure placed on them. There are some people that will say, yeah, you know, ESPN wants the higher, highest ranked or the the best brands. They would want Alabama in there. Right. I do think the more likely scenario is that the conversations in that committee room, those 13 people, I think the one kind of not conspiracy, but thing that might play the Pac-12 has been left out the last couple of years. Bama's been give, given the benefit of the Absolutely. doubt multiple times. As a non-conference champ, they got in and won the national and championship. And without Tua, this is the year you, you can exactly. get away with you doing can, that. And you can make a strong stand saying, hey, conference championships matter. That was the 13th game that Alabama didn't get to play. They didn't even play in their championship game. So we're going to give it to Oregon. So right. ultimately, I think Alabama fans who think you're in a good spot in five, I think you're a little bit delusional because I do think the Pac-12 is in a better spot. Who did who did Utah lost to Southern Cal, right? Yes. Yeah, what if it's by U- three what if on it's the road. Utah instead of Oregon. So I think that's actually same. no. I think better? it's the same. I think it's better because, because you don't have the common opponent. Exactly, it doesn't matter. And their non-conference is a win against BYU on the road, which is a pretty good win right, for Utah. Right. And I think Utah actually. I picked Oregon. I, I want to be right, so I'm rooting for Oregon to win out. But Utah's defense is playing really good football. They're actually um, the top three defense in college football. I want to double check this, but I think it's Al- uh, it's Ohio State. It's Clemson, and it's Utah. Just want to confirm this in total defense. Yes, I'm correct. Ohio State, number one. Clemson, number two. Utah, number three. I think that's another metric that the committee would look at because they use metrics. They would say Utah is really impressive. That might even be the best case for the Pac-12 where there wouldn't be any certainty. If Utah wins out, beats Oregon, I think Utah would be a no-brainer in there, which would not be a one. Here's the thing that's unique about Alabama. Traditionally, been one of those dominant defenses. They are 27th in the country and total defense. So they're not as dominant as they've always been, which is why I think this year is completely different than when they did get in and won the national championship. Yeah, and that's why, the, non- the, that's why the subtraction of two uh, weighs that much more into the conversation. Exactly. You, you know, the, you, In theory, you can't withstand um, the loss of that because you're going to be that much better than someone defensively. Exactly. I think last night, again, it continues to kind of be bad news for the Big 12. Oklahoma beat Baylor, the crazy game coming back from 28 to 3. They're ranked ninth now. The Big 12 has kind of battered itself up a little bit. Now they've got some pretty good teams, but I don't think beating Baylor again in a championship game is going to resonate with the committee. It's not going to be some sort of signature move. The most, and this one will drive me the craziest, (laughs) is if you see LSU face Georgia in the SEC championship game and Georgia beats LSU. I think you're going to see Georgia and LSU both get in. That's assuming Georgia wins out. Now, Georgia's got a pretty good test this weekend against Sex A&M. Okay. It's at home. I think they win, but I think it'll be a tough test. But I think you would see LSU, who would have just lost, still get into the playoff, which I hate. I don't like the optics of it. Playoffs, to me, are supposed to be out win your way in. But LSU's resume is so impressive, beating Bama, beating Texas, yeah, beating putting, Florida, beating all these teams. That's a pretty significant I don't love resume. the optics of it either, but I wouldn't mind that. Because they have run through this season. And they've been the best team almost all year long. They've got the most impressive resume. If they were to get tripped up at the wire, I don't know that just because it was at the wire 
um, I would take away their opportunity to win a championship. Where, when if it had been earlier in the season to a really high ranked team, they they have worked their way back into the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Right. I right. The timing of it would would keep me off of LSU at that point. Even though I agree with you, the optics could be a little um, dicey. Uh, and the thing is, I think you can make the it's not you can never assume in college football. But I think LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson are going to win out. I think Ohio State, Clemson, I think I probably believe in the most right. because of the weakness of the opponents. Mm-hmm. Ohio State has a gauntlet. They got to go through Penn State this weekend. Then they have to go to Ann Arbor to play Michigan. And then they have to go probably through Minnesota, who's a pretty good opponent. So like they got three tests. I think yeah. it's a little bit dicey. I think they should win, but it's not a lock. LSU, pretty easy remainder of the season. They do face Texas. Texas A&M kind of is a, a thing that could throw a wrench into all these plans. Except they lose to everybody who... Like, <laughs> yes, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah so. so that's kind of been what they've been. Um, but I I feel pretty confident. Like, if there was a bet you could make mm-hmm. over LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson making the playoffs, all three of them, I would take it. Right. I, I think it would be a pretty good value there. Joey, what's up? You got a question? Yeah, do you think that, let's say Ohio State wins out, they're going to be number one at the end of the year. Do you think that LSU being two... If they lose to Georgia, they'll be two at the time. Will that make any impact on them possibly dropping out? Instead of dropping them from one to out, they'd be dropping from two to out. Since we don't really know what the the committee looks at anyway, it's just harder to drop the number one team four spots. Maybe you're dropping the number two team three spots and someone jumps them. Yeah, you make a good point because I I agree with you. I think – well, I don't know – I think Ohio State, LSU's defense, speaking of defense, their defense is really struggling right now. Um, I think they gave up almost like 50 last week. Well, no, they gave up 38, yeah. but they gave up 600 yards of total offense, and the quarterback rushed for 200 yards against them. They are all the way down at 47th in the country. Now, you've never seen a team in the college football playoff with a defense outside of the top 25 win a national championship. Right. So I think that's becoming a liability for LSU. I think that's a problem for them. Uh, but Joey brings up a good I, – I do think Ohio State might jump them there, and it would be a little bit easier. The thing I think the committee would try to avoid as far as the ranking setup, I don't think they want to see a rematch right away uh-huh. of LSU-Georgia. So maybe they try to separate them, but I still think they'd both be in. I just yeah. – and because of the weakness, the Pac-12 is not great. Uh, Oregon or Utah – Oregon has one win over a top 25 team, and it's USC. Utah has none. Like yep. So they don't have – the resume is that great. I know all this is supposed to be great, the conversation, the controversy. I hate it. I think it's such a sham. I hate our, our, our the way that college football determines a champion. I think it's the single dumbest thing in all of sports because it is it is controversial. Sure. But the bottom – and it was designed this way. When you have five Power Five conferences and you only have four spots, you are going to screw over a conference champion every single year and some years too. So what should we do, Danny? Go to eight, damn it. Let's do it. Go to eight teams. You know I'd get up there and pound the table for it. Even six, I think, would be a good compromise. Let's go to six. Five Power Five conference champs, and let's have one wild card. If it's Bama this year, if it's Ohio State another year, some worthy team. Yeah, if a Notre Dame pops up. Yeah, slipped up, had a close loss like Alabama did to LSU, then let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's put them in there. But the current system, I hate it because it screws over players. I want to ask disturbing. you a quick question. That's it's got to do with college football, but it's not about the playoffs. What's um, up? But I watch all this stuff going on now uh, surrounding Lamar Jackson. Yep. And, you know, hit him taking over and his coach saying he's kind of revolutionized revolutionizing the game and so on and so forth. Um, and I watched that Baylor um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma game. game. Yeah. Jalen Hurts a year ago this time was his stock was as low as it could get probably right like that I don't think he was getting drafted a year ago right like it was we were talking about maybe him needing to change position right and and staying at Bama and being a isn't he exactly what the NFL is looking for at this point like I mean he 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 runs well you have to imagine his athleticism while it might not be 
um, um, Lamar, it's certainly not Baker. Like he is right. running the ball and making really good um, college football athletes look pedestrian. So he's going to be able to run it, and he's throwing it a lot better than he, I mean, he had a bad first half in that game against Baylor, but he redeemed himself in the second half. Like, doesn't he fit the mold of what they're looking for now in the NFL? He absolutely does. I think he's played his way into a much better draft position. Right. I don't think he's going to be first round. What like, is I don't the knock on him at that. this point? Um, and I'm so just I curious. Think, like I'm not. I think he's him. a. Re- I think he's a really good runner. Yeah. I don't think he's Lamar Jackson, but I think right. he's better than Baker, and he's better than Joe Burrow or anybody else. Yeah. I think he's a really good passer, but I don't think he's Joe Burrow. Like I don't, or I don't think he's Baker or Kyler Murray. Got it. Like I think he's he's good at both, but he's not elite in okay. one or the other. And at some point, I do think playing at Oklahoma is almost going to become a knock because you become a product of the system. Right. Well, Lincoln Riley is this great coach, puts you in good positions, and you can do these types of things. Because he's having a phenomenal year. I mean, the efficiency is off the charts. He might even statistically be better than Kyler or Baker Mayfield. If I was a general manager. You would take him right now. No, I'm, no, no, I'm not saying first round. I'm saying that I would be like if, if I could watch him slip to a point where I've addressed my needs – like in the first round, or he's sitting around, and yeah. maybe even I don't know where he's going to go. But if he's a second round pick, like I am licking my chops at getting a chance at that because I actually disagree with his athleticism because he played in the SEC. Yep, he played with Bama, um, and he was running all around. Now he didn't have the opportunities that Lamar did because Lamar was the show Lamar's, at Louisville. No, I'm not saying so that he's electric. Lamar. I'm not saying that he's Lamar. Like, but I'm saying that he is. Like, if you give me like four classes. Um, there are two classes below Lamar before you get to like Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in the class right above Kyle Allen. He's in the class right below Lamar. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. That's the way I see his ability to run the ball. Um, and I think he's made a lot of strides in the passing game, and it didn't start at Oklahoma. Right. It started last year with I Dan mean, Enos and them at, at uh, yes. Alabama. I mean, let's not forget, as a freshman, he was SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Like, he still had an incredible career, regardless of what happened to Bama, and now is happening at, at Oklahoma. Like, he's gotten better, and he's played himself into getting drafted, which is the best. I don't mean – I'm not, like, trying to champion for his, like, cause. I just think that's really interesting when you see all this Lamar talk. Yes. And a year ago, like, that dude was – we were talking about him changing positions. Right. Yeah. No, he's definitely played himself into an opportunity, and that's all you should want. Now you want to get the highest payday. I think he'll creep up the longer people get to look at him and dissect his film because it has been impressive for sure. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Welcome back to Kinell and Bell. So I want to get to Mello in just a minute, but I think what I was teasing coming in here kind of speaks to a bigger problem that the NBA has right now, and we were just talking about it in the break, so I want to get into it a little bit, even though it's not on a rundown. But... There was an alert that popped up from one of the networks and it said, like, if you follow, you know, the NBA, it said it popped up on your phone and it said the mellow era has begun in Portland and everybody was kind of mocking this. And but I do think and this is kind of what I want to get into with you. There is a problem that's developing in the NBA of what are the really compelling storylines of things you might want to watch. Mellow may be one of the most compelling right now, and I think it'll die fast. But if you're trying to look for a reason to watch the NBA, there's not a lot in the Eastern Conference. 
And if you are, if you live on the East Coast, that puts you in a really bad spot because you have to stay up late to watch um, James Harden. Yeah. Or and if you want to watch Kawhi, you don't even know if he's going to play. So I think there's significant some significant problems that the NBA is facing, which is why they're trying to pump Melo being back. Yeah. Um. I I agree with you. I was you know I talked to Joey a couple of days ago, and sometimes I, I feel you know I'm I'm always reluctant to to like to really bash the NBA. I mean, it was great to me. It made my life. Right. And and I realized that when I played, there were probably older players saying, man, look at that. That doesn't look that. We were better than that. You know, I understand that that's the way it typically works. But I find myself watching the NBA sometimes now, and some teams, not all the teams, I look at them I'm like, man, that's bad. Like, it doesn't look like, you know, they're really, really good. Now, I, I know, again, the further removed from the game I get, the more an old curmudgeon I become, right. the more that's going to be the way. I, there are some really great, fantastic players and good teams, but there are, there are some teams that are just bad. It's hard it's hard to watch sometimes. Um, and, then I, and then I sit back and I'm like, all right, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life, right? We got kids, we got, you know, I coach, like I got, so my time is valuable, right? Is there anyone and how many of them are there when they play, I got to see it. Where I'm like, I got I to gotta check out, I got to see what he does tonight. I mean, I've got LeBron, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe James Harden. Um, Kawhi, but you don't know nope. if he's going to play. Don't know and he doesn't, play, and he doesn't move the needle for me. This right. is just me like that. He's fantastic, but his game doesn't move the needle for me where I have to watch it. Like when MJ played or when Magic played or when Bird played, like I wanted to watch. I needed to watch that. See what they're going to do. Um, when Kobe played, I was watching that. I needed to know what was going to happen. The, and it's not its not throwing any shade necessarily at the players themselves. They're fantastic. But maybe it's personality. Maybe it's something else. They're not a whole lot of guys now outside of your market. People in Milwaukee are going to watch the Greek Freak. They want to know what he's going to do. Like I, I, He would be the next on the list for me, but still not at the point where I absolutely have to watch it. Now, if he's in a really good matchup, I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. But not just playing against uh Sacramento. Right. You know what I mean? And the NBA needs more guys like that. When they're playing against a terrible team and the game means nothing, you're just gonna tune in anyway because you got to see what he does. The league's lacking in those guys right now. Um what about Luca for Dallas? What he's doing. Not yet, but a- approaching that, right? right. Like the, I think for me, I'll watch Luca because you know I know what Luca's doing. I think for the casual NBA fan, and this is broader picture. You gotta than build me, your brand first. He's got to build that. He's approaching that. Like he's fantastic, but I don't know he's on that stage yet. And the the NBA is going to need guys like him and Trey Young and all of those guys to take that step onto that stage, so that people, the the casual fan, will say, "Hey, I got to see what that guy's going to do tonight," because you know that that affects your ratings. It affects, and when your ratings are down the way they are, you know those contract those contracts that those guys get are because the ratings were so good, right? And it made sense for those companies to pay the NBA that much money. They come back around and it's time to renegotiate those things and, and viewership is down by, you know, 20, 15, 20, 30%. Like those salaries have to be rolled back. Right. And that's something we've never really seen in sports is because I've always felt like, man, there's got to be a bubble someday. Like right. Baseball players sure. making $300 million in a contract. Basketball be getting 200. Um, you know, football getting over a hundred. You're like, man, can these just keep going like this forever? And I think we've gotten really comfortable saying, yeah, yeah. They're, they're keep going. But it's some, and I don't know if this is what's going to happen, but at some point there has to be some sort of pullback with the TV companies. They're going to say, you know what? We're not paying anymore for those live rights. And yet live rights are the one thing. Live sports are what never fail as far as ratings, getting viewers. Yeah. And the one thing that has the NBA has going for it, you know, they had this massive deal with ESPN and TNT and they could go back to the table. And if ESPN or TNT says we're not going to pay, you know, probably would. All these online presence, yeah. you know, Amazon Prime. You got all these other networks. 
you know, the zone, uh, like there are other networks that are going to come to the table. So everybody gets a little bit desperate and they probably keep going that way. And I, and I hope it does. Like, yeah, I absolutely. Hope I, look, like, for I'm, sure. I'm with that. I, it's I, good for us. We get to talk about great. it still. It's great. The NBA, they need they need that young crop of stars and they're out there. They need that young crop of like burgeoning stars to take that superstar step where 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 you're you know where you're like need. I got to tune in for that. You know what they need? What they My need? guy, Who's Zion. They need Zion. <laughs> Zion no. back. Hey, yes, yeah, they absolutely. That's do. much. I mean, look at how many Kawhi is hurt, misses a lot of time. Steph is out. KD is out. Zion's out. Like there's a lot of it. Hopefully, will be resolved by injuries alone when right. guys get healthy. The problem is that KD's out for a year. Clay's out significant. Steph's out significant. You know, like. It's going to take some time, but that is definitely hurting the numbers. Yeah, it is. It's a, Zion is a must-watch type of Like John indiv- Morant's individual. getting close to there. I mean, he's, he's had a game winner a week ago. He's been pretty special. He's you know getting what, there, but he has resonated. You know what the NBA, NBA missed super teams to some degree? You watch super teams, whether you watch because you love them or you watch because you hated them. The Heatles, like you could did, – did Joey, when the Heatles played, did you watch – yeah, of course. Yes, yeah. you did. Well, right. there's because there was. I mean, yeah, I think there is something to that super team thing because there's something for everybody's team to be chasing. Right now, we don't know who we're chasing to. Yeah, that's a real thing. Like even when you had when you put LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie, people watched. Yeah, when you had go- a Golden State, what they get people watched. Whether it was to hate or to love, they watched. And I think they're, they're you know just as as myself. As a casual dad who's not invested in the league anymore, when I sit down at night and I'm like, I can watch this or this, there's a lack of things in the NBA that move that needle for me. And I think there are a lot of people like that. I think there are some things that are overstated as far as their damage to the NBA. I think the China thing was like a 48-hour. In our country, now for the NBA, I think it yeah. lost them a lot of money. But I don't think fans were you – know, they're not boycotting the league. No, no and they might have been upset for a little bit, but I think they're going to go back to watching. Um I think load management is something that the casual fan is bothered by. Okay. You know, and, and if, hey, is, and I, but again, I don't know if it prevents them from watching. They might watch a little bit and be like, man, but when you see Kawhi sitting out and it's significant, he misses 22. Now, I think he's really hurt. Yeah, that's which what is they need. A, they need to come out and just say, hey, listen, this is no, this isn't load. He's hurt. Right. Right. But and the problem it. is early, it looked like load management. Right. And they got in trouble for it. Now they're kind of, they look foolish, but I'm agree with you. They, they might just say, hey, we're going to shut him down for two weeks because he is hurt. Right. And we're going to come back and we're still – he's hurt. Um, but I think that's one thing. There, that there's gonna... there's one – I mean, look, there's a solution, I think, that it will never happen, but we keep coming back to it. Shorten the season. Because, like, the think, season. look, shortening the season fixes load management. But also, I think part of the issue is there are some young – there are really exciting players. You've mentioned a lot of them. But there's so much stuff for young people to do now, like content, mm-hmm. right? So, like, game nine of the season, you could watch Luca. Or you could watch Netflix and then catch Luca's highlights on Twitter and wait till the games matter. There's yep, just yep. so many games. Like, I think that's part of the problem too. Is that people know like game nine doesn't matter. I'll wait till the playoffs or I'll wait till after Christmas or whenever. It's just cut it down to sixty games or make every game matter more, and then you might bring those ratings back up. Which I think is a problem that every sport. It's not just basketball. Everybody's trying to for baseball for you know for the past decade has been like, oh, we're boring. What are we gonna do? Right. Um, the NFL was saying. I do think a case, and this is where I've always believed. Well, the TV networks, there's no way they're gonna take less. At some point, maybe they realize that less is more. Mm-hmm. That it would be more compelling. You'd be more likely to tune in if you only got to see them a certain amount of times. Right. Um, I think that could possibly help. Back to the original point that I brought up. Mellow was he moving the needle? Did you want? Do you want to see how he plays? Because you want to see it could be a train wreck, or did you? Are is, is Mellow? Mellow actually did move the needle for me. Right, I wasn't at home and didn't have the ability to watch the game. But the first thing I wanted to see when I came how home was what it what it looked like. Right, like so he did move the needle, and maybe you know maybe 
you know, that's part of the conversation as to why, you know, he's back. Here's here's what I will say to him um, um, as the Blazers are concerned. I have no problem with Melo being back. I'm happy that Melo is back in the game. If Carmelo has to come in and 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 shoot 14 times in his first game and the first play you run is a play from Melo, then you're not a team we should be considering to be like a, a threat in the Western Conference. I think that that's a, that's right. a safe thing to say. If right. Melo has to do that much lifting three year or two years removed from the NBA at 35 years old, having played, what, 40,000? How many minutes has he played, Joe? It's a little over 40,000. That's not Jeez. counting uh, Olympics and right. all of if he If he has to be that for you as the Portland Trailblazers, then you're not the team you were last year, and we were probably not going to be considering you a threat in the Western Conference. Right. Now, Dame wasn't in the game. So right. So that's a reason why they were focused on him a little bit but more. But still, his role like might be too big. For it what? is too big for, right. for him, for a good team. Right. Uh, LeBron James became the first player in NBA history with a triple-double versus all 30 teams. Just one more thing he can add to his resume. Last night, he had 25, 11, and 10. He's got five triple-doubles. I think he could average a triple-double if he wanted to. The problem is, and I, I think it would be in a, a, a yet, and talking about resumes, if he was able to average a season for that, it's one more thing because I don't think he's going to get the six championships, but it's one more thing to kind of put him, you know, hey, this is a really strong case as far as yeah. the greatest of all time. Another notch on the but belt. I think what he's going to chase more on the back end of the season is hey, I'm going to preserve some of my energy. Let's make sure we're in the playoffs, and let's worry about that championship. I agree. And I he should. Because I think he could. I think Look, if he wanted to, and he wasn't worried about that, and he could exhaust all energy, I think he'd easily average I, a triple-double. I'll say it again. It doesn't look like much on paper because um, it's 25 a game, 11 assists, and, and almost eight rebounds. The the rebounds are where you have to expend the energy. And Joe's Joe, I get it. Like he could gobble up some of those ones around the the free throw line and stuff like that. But I bet he already gets some of those. Right. Like chasing those extra two rebounds every night on an average is is expending a lot of energy. That quite frankly, in year what seventeen, like I don't think he has it to give. I, I do think that you and I and maybe some other people that were on this bandwagon were correct in that. The, the lack of activity last year because of the injury has him looking pretty fresh. I mean, he's still not the same athletic uh, um, being that he was six years ago, but that's just, you know, no, no one is ever the same, you know, as you start to get just past your prime. Right. But he's still more than more than uh, uh, capable and better than most other human beings. Right. Um, that, that time off, he looks rejuvenated. Like, it, it not only physically, but like mentally and, and emotionally, he looks like he's he's ready for another run at it, which is good if you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, we we talked we talked yesterday about uh, normalizing greatness, right? Like this is the guy. I think <laughs> normalizing greatness maybe has gone further with LeBron than anybody. Like oh, yeah. this this is just going to be a throwaway headline, but right. Two, but like three years ago, when Russell Westbrook averaged it for a season triple-double, it was the biggest thing ever, and then he did it three years in a row, and now it's normal. So triple-doubles are now like a normal thing, but all 30 teams, it's just absurd. I mean, just that he's played for three different teams and been so successful everywhere he's been, and it's just, I don't know, it does speak to his greatness. It's its its wild. It does, and I think he's got this total uphill battle because he's always going to be compared to MJ, and I think in a lot of people's minds, probably mine included, I'm like, he's not going to be able to do anything. I'm telling you, man, I've said this before. Like, MJ is for me because of when he played in my life right when i was younger and i i had more reverence for nba players than i now do because i was an nba player mj will always be that guy for me but lebron you i could make cases for lebron being a better player 
than MJ. Now, maybe not a better closer, maybe not a better like finisher. Like there are other things that you could that I might not be able to make the case for. Right. But purely like you put one here and one here and you know, points assist and rebounds, points assist and rebounds, defensive prowess, defensive prowess, uh basketball IQ and ability, basketball IQ and I can make plenty of cases for LeBron in that conversation. Do you know what I mean? So yep. it's really not fair to him. Like we were having a conversation yesterday. I think for a lot of today's like uh, uh, generation or, or just the generation before, I think Jordan's, um, you know, not just the rings and all of that, but his significance as a, as a, as a brand. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the Jordan brand, he's an icon in that regard. I think that, that kind of skews a lot of people towards you know his favor that might not have been able to watch all of those games because they grow up knowing like you know right. Jordan everything do you know what right. I mean like you stand in line for Jordans for seven hours to get a pair <laughs> right. so like you're like yeah Jordan's the goat so I think that's unfair to LeBron but I could make a case for LeBron being like right there next to MJ you're talking about not one and two but one A and one B you know yep, for sure but it, it's kind of frustrating to me sometimes because you are comparing apples to oranges different generations different, different players play yeah. different players. Um, but yet it's something that everybody likes to have. One thing that kind of hurts me sometimes, you tell me how you feel about it. Jamal Crawford uh, comes out that he's baffled he's still not in the NBA. He's 39 years old, played last season, 64 games with the Suns, averaged almost eight points a game. Uh, it was his 19th year. He's tied with Lou Williams for the most six-man-of-the-year awards. I feel a little bit bad because I'm like, maybe he doesn't see the writing on the wall. Or do you agree with him saying he still could contribute to somebody? Um, This is a tough one. Because I what, do, I think Jamal could still contribute. Yes, I think he probably could. But last year, you you averaged eight a game um, on a pretty bad team. On a bad team. So what what happens? This is a tough conversation. Like I, when when you start to get to that age, um, I don't know what the vet minimum is now, right? But if you're going to contribute um, eight points a game roughly, and I've got to pay you, let's say maybe it's two million as a vet minimum. Now I have no idea. Um, and there's a rookie who, and and then there's no more ceiling. Like this is only in decline now, right? And I've got a young Danny Cannell who we think can get us six a game in the same role. Um, and there's cheaper. for much cheaper. And there's a bigger, there's much more room for like improvement because he's a baby. Do you know what I mean? And we got, we stole him when no one else could find him. That's what they're gonna do. Do you know what I mean? So it's a tough conversation. Yeah, I get it, Jamal. Dog. I know he could go out there and get buckets for a team. The question is, can he get enough buckets for a team? And I don't know that he can get enough buckets for a team now for his for 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 them not to take a swing at a younger player. Yeah, I, I, and it's I, tough. It pains me sometimes because yeah. I see guys that still want to play, and sometimes and you very rarely get to call your own shot and say, "Hey, I want," and you're content with it. And that's why I don't know how G- this is going to give me Jamal. give me Jamal Crawford over Melo all day right now in the NBA. Just, just oh. give it to me. I mean, uh, I, no, I feel you. I, like, I'm just saying, like he had 51 in a game last year. They lost. It was the last game of the season, but he put 51 on the Mavs. Look, Jamal can get buckets, but you know, um, the NBA typically, if you can still do it, and and someone values you, they're gonna bring you. They're gonna have you. So you know, when when you have no takers. That, that usually kind of says something. It's not like one team, right? Like it's a lot of people saying, eh, we're, we're cool. That usually says something. As much as it pains me because Jamal put buckets up on me. Like I know he gets buckets. Right. Um, you know, and probably could could still do it. I just, you know, there's a delicate balance between like is it is it worth it for a team or is it not worth it for a team? And to your point about like going out of your own, I came into the NBA on a, um, a world tour of workouts 
We're going to take 25 to 50 of you guys from the CBA. We're going to drop you in the gym in San Antonio. We're going to let you beat each other up for two days. We're going to sit there and evaluate it. You guys are going to scratch and claw to impress us. And we're going to take one of you out of that workout to come to vet camp. And the rest of you, we'll see you later. Like that was my life. Do it in Detroit. Do it in San Antonio. Go do it in wherever else you have to go to make an impression, right? So I came into the league that way. You know, I was able to, to make a living doing it. And on my way out, I had always vowed that I would not do that again. I was like, I'm not. I came in that way. Like, you know, I made more out of this than I thought I would. It's going to be on my terms the way I go out. To, to wherever I can control it, I, I want it to be on my terms. So it got sideways in Utah, and I was at home training because um, I still wanted to play. So uh, I got a call from San Antonio. My agent was like, hey, they want you to come out, and they want you to work out, you know, and work out with Timmy and Manu and those guys and and uh, drop you in some workouts and see what you look like. You haven't played in a year. I was like, okay, is this is this a, a meat market type of workout? He's like, no, they just want you to come out. Now, this is a little bit of a referendum on my – a little bit of on my agent. But so I get off the plane, and I'm, uh, I'm walking out. I'm getting my bag, and typically, like – if you're there for uh, uh, something like that, there's a way that they greet you and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they had like just some dude that I didn't even know there. And he was like, hey, we got to wait for somebody else. And I was like, uh-huh. what? I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, well, we got this guy coming in now. We got this guy coming in now. So I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, maybe it's going to be a couple of us. So we're fine. So I, I go, um, I get in the van. We're waiting. And I'm like, van is not a good sign either. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, nah. So <laughs> I'm like, nah. Yeah. So Kalima Azabuki gets in. And I'm like, hey, what up? You know what up, Buki? And we're, we're talking and whatever. And I hear, I overhear the guy on the phone say like five or six more names. And I'm like, oh, hell no. So I called my, I got to the hotel. This is a true story. I got to the hotel. They had my room set up. I called my agent. I said, I MF'd him. I was like, bro, right. you. I said, I'm getting out of here. So I, I get my stuff. I buy myself a ticket. I get on the plane. I called Pop and RC Buford and I left them voicemail saying, look, I really appreciate it. My agent should have told you this, but I did this on the way in and I'm not going to do it on the way out with all due respect. Like, good luck with that. But that was that was as close to it being my own as I could make it. And maybe I would have made that team. Right. But I wasn't doing that again. And I, wa- I wanted to control something because you rarely ever get to control anything. And maybe that was cutting off my nose despite my face. But I felt pretty good about it. Right. Yeah, I was you, like, can, All right. you can always look back. Yeah, I, was like, I didn't right. have to do that. You, you stuck, to your, right. stuck to your guns. Love it. Yeah. Uh, that was the moment you knew. That's what, that's what I knew. I was yeah. like, this is over. Yeah. I wish I knew in that way. I didn't get the, <laughs> the moment I knew was when they sent me my retirement paper and said, you're done. I was like, all right, I guess I'm done. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So Antonio Brown, we've documented a lot of his ups and downs. Uh, and I think there's, it's perfectly within reason to question his mental capabilities right now, right? I mean, he's been so up and down. I think there's been, hey, concern. Where is he mentally? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a couple weeks ago when he's trashing the NFL. You know, I'll never play again. And it, to me, it almost always feels like you can kind of see the the pattern unfold because Antonio does something, whether he's online, he's getting peppered with hatred, which I'm sure he gets a ton of it, but he goes or, or he gets bad news from the NFL as far as whether he's going to play again. And he just goes to Twitter and lets it out there. And then it feels to me like somebody, whether it's probably his agent to Rosenhaus, yeah. somebody calls him and says, Hey, what are you doing? You got to dial it back. So he either deletes the tweet or in a case like yesterday, he opens up and offers an apology. So yesterday, Antonio Brown took to social media and he tweeted out, Mr. Kraft, I apologize sincerely to you and your organization. All I wanted to be was an asset to the organization. Sorry for the bad media and the drama. Thank you sincerely, AB. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, his agent put him up to this or someone with his best interest in mind. What, like, I, what it, 
what I want to know is what prompted I them. He was going to sue the Patriots. Wasn't he going to? Like, yeah, no. So I mean, much- so I mean, like on so many right. levels, your original point about like questioning where he's at um, is appropriate. But why did said person who made him tweet this? Think that now was the time to tweet this? Like right. that allude to like maybe there's a there's a there's they can see the light at well, the end of the tunnel. Well, that was Roger with, Goodell a week ago, yeah. Right, and so I don't know how that meeting went. It was pretty quiet. Everything's been quiet. You wonder because I mean, shoot, if you're up for parole, right, you're supposed to show remorse so sure. that you're a changed person. I wonder if this is him showing, hey, I do feel like I was at fault. Let me publicly display this because he just as easily could have called Robert Kraft and apologized privately. Yeah, sure. You know, and I don't even know. Maybe but what I mean, guess what I'm saying, though, is if you feel like these things are going to move the needle for you, then you must have some inclination that the other stuff, um, the more the more serious serious allegations, allegations might be like going to get sorted out for right. some reason. Right. Otherwise, right. if it's looking like those things are holding real water then there's nothing that an apology can do to get you reinstated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the only damage control you would damage control you would need to do with the Patriots is if there was a scenario in which the NFL said to the Patriots, hey, he you can you can sign him. He's going to be able to play. Right. And for that to happen, you, you you'd have to imagine some of that stuff is put to bed, right? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Um I you know what the bottom line I take away? I have no idea. No idea. I, 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 I don't can't either. figure I mean, us yeah. out. It, it's just it's trying to figure to solve an impossible puzzle. I really think until we get news where the NFL either releases a statement and say, "Hey, this is a punishment," or he's exonerated, uh, then I'm not. I don't know what to believe because I think even AB could say I was something like, "Hey, I'm clear," and I don't. I don't know if I would believe it until I hear the NFL right. clear him in that circumstance. Yesterday, I teased. Boy, don't you better not. No, no, no. Wait, no, you better not. We have, listen, all right, how about this? Record comeback. You did it already. Kirk Cousins, record comeback. I'm telling you, he is not being respected properly. He still has to overcome so much negativity from the fact that time he was drafted in the fourth round to when he goes to Minnesota and they say they spent too much money on him at $84 million. What is he doing? Yet again, he is thrashing the NFL. When was he? He was drafted in the what? Fourth round. He was drafted in the fourth round. Yes, fourth round. Um. He's got okay. Um, let's see his stats: <laughs> two thousand seven hundred and fifty-six yards. Yeah, he's been balling. Yeah, no, hey, that's good. Balling. Yes, correct. That's really good. Um, one fourteen point eight passer rating. Good for second in the NFL. No, that is dope. Touchdowns. He is balling. I'm not taking anything away from what him. What more man? do you need? These are MVP type numbers. He is balling. Um, I, I can't take anything away from that. I would say just uh, for for you know perspective, it was the three and six uh, Broncos that he came back on, <laughs> yes. even though it was the biggest comeback. Like I get it, you know, but. You know who else was drafted, I believe, in the fourth round and who's not <laughs> yes. rich right now? Yes. He's not rich. Because Kirk Cousins, you can say whatever you want. Right. He he's got rich. the bag. He, is he got the bag. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's fine. Got, he You're just talking about pure respect level right yes. now for old Kirky Cousins. Yes. Dak Prescott. Yes. He's another fourth round pick. Yes. Right? And allow me 3,221 yards first yep. in the NFL. 21 TDs uh, with Mr. Kirk Cousins, second in the NFL. 67.7% completion percentage um, and a 104 Point one passer rating, which is lower solid. than Kirk Cousins, but solid, but nonetheless, solid. not paid yet. For me, he's the conversation because, and only because, Curtis Cousins is already paid. <laughs> I love it, Curtis. Yeah, Curtis Cousins <laughs> is already paid. I do think so. Here's what. Here's the one thing that bothers me about Kirk Cousins, and this is seriously. Is it fair like, to I say don't he have... still needs some bigger wins for me? Like I don't yes, know why I still he feel does. like that. He does because his record was so bad against winning teams, even though he's two and zero in primetime this no, year. No, he's been dope. He's starting to get better. He still has to prove it to everybody for longer. The greatest part about this, I think, the MVP conversation is wide open. I really, I, although I think Lamar's going to win it, but. I think he has to be consistently this great sure. throughout. And I still think there's a chance he could have a little slip up. 
Um, you know, him and Russell, I have no problem with him and Russell being tied in the in the conversation there. But where's my man Kirk on this list? Well, Where is he? Why, look, why isn't he on this list? If this you is want, all about perception. If you want Kirk Cousins to ultimately be at the top of the MVP race, and I've said this before, then you need his name to be left off of every potential MVP odds board because that's the space in which he works the best. When right. you start putting him up there in the favorite category for MVPs, Kirk Cousin has given me a sample size of like like that's not the best Kirk Cousins. I've seen enough of of the like the lauded and celebrated Kirk Cousins to know that that's not the space in which he operates the best. He operates in disrespect. Like he operates in the in the in the same like playing field that Lamar does when Lamar gets up there and he's like, "Yeah, I'm still a running back." True. Like that's when Kurt's at his best. So you're good, dude. Like if you want to <laughs> cash right? that bet in, Just like you're straight. Yeah. Uh, he still need put some respect on his right. name. Welcome back to Chanel and Bell on this Wednesday. As we do every Wednesday, let's end the show with our shoe showdown and a look at our NBA Sneaker King Power Rankings. Volume 4, our buddy Ruben uh, puts those out online, writes an article at CBSSports.com. Make sure you check that out for the full transcript. It started off with five. Paul George coming in pretty strong. Uh, the shoes that were featured. Okay, the PGs. These PG3s. Yeah. Those are pretty nice. I like the lower profile shoes. These are lows. Kind of like, so those look comfortable. My and, middle son loves to play in those. Yeah, they're a nice shoe. And then you've got the NASA Apollo 14s, mm-hmm. which are kind of NASA's very come become cool. Yeah, he's Have got some really, he's like got some really cool. NASA they've got partnership deals, partnership deals with Vans and Nike, all these different companies. Yeah, but NASA is cool now. Uh, how about uh, the King LeBron James? He's got his 17s that are out. This is Ugh. kind of a white color. Uh, you don't like the light purple there? I, I like them. Uh, my foot is so big that I can't wear a big, bulky white shoe. His, that's my problem with LeBrons in general. I don't own a pair of LeBrons. They are massive. Those are dope, though. I like those. The uh, those are the them. Lakers PE. Yeah. Uh, how about Gary Harris? you got to have a match small shoe, a foot to wear. Oh, the Kobe. Yeah. Well, those look like Michigan colors right there. The yeah. Kobe AD Nuggets. I like they those. Go, uh, and then the Nike Zoom Freak. Which are the uh, Giannis ones there. I'm a fan of the Zoom. I like the Freaks. I like Giannis' shoe. It's one of the only current basketball player shoe that I own. I, I have his. Um, I have a pair of PGs, too. And they're both um, They're both really comfortable. You know what's hard to do in today's shoe games is come up with something that looks very original. And I think the big backward swoosh yeah. on Giannis is very original. It looks different than anything else there. Um, Giannis, speaking of Giannis, how about his, the Zoom Freak 1, coming to America's? Ooh. Not a fan of the leopard No, print? I like those. My boys no, I do those. too. Yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're hot. And the and gold the gold swoosh is awesome. It's like a carbon fiber gold swoosh. It's cool. I like that. And then just a classic, uh, the Nike Zoom 1 Freak PE. And then coming in at number one, no surprise, the sneaker king of the entire NBA, PJ Tucker, coming in the Nike LeBron 3. Man, okay. those look dated. Isn't yeah, they are. That wasn't that long. Like LeBron is still playing, and those shoes look like massive throwbacks. And then, how about the Nike Off-White Air Max 90? How in how, the hell? How are you playing I, basketball in these? I like clothes, but how are you not busting up your ankles with these? You know, it's been like, I don't know. Thabo Cephalosha plays in running shoes, like, every game. So you got to have massive tape job oh, on your I ankles. Don't, I, I do not even know how that's Because even then, like, the way they're up on the Air Max platform, you're more likely to really roll them, yes, right? Yes, they actually promote rolling of the ankle. Think about I like all the stop and go. Though, for me, like, rolling around as a dad, I don't know if I'd roll them in the NBA oh, Yeah, they're high, game. but I don't, I don't even know how you get away with that, honestly. All right, how about some of the releases coming out this weekend? We got the Jordan 1 Fearless Face Tasm. Ooh, yeah, I'm kind of nice. Man. And the, the ones are getting a little bit, I'm getting oversaturated man. with some of the Jordan 1s. Like, there's there's not a lot. I don't of love the, 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 the pull tab thing on the back, the finger loop. Right, it does help you put them on. 
Well, well, no, no question. I just don't love the look of it. All right, how about the Jordan 4? What the? Yeah, I'm in on those. The Jordan 4s? I'll, I'll be there trying to get those. Do you like those? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not a fan of the white shoes as much. Like, I like the white a little bit more What color. the? Yeah, the what the? I don't. Yeah, there's in the mix of that. I tell you, the kids like the shoes yeah, that look those. different. I'm into those. And then how about the Yeezy 500 Stone? Boy, if you, don't, if you don't get Yeezy. the hell from around me with them. Now, these are the dad shoe I'm not, No, dog. No, I'm out. Ugly. Flat out ugly. They're flat out ugly. I still might try to get a pair of Terrible. pair of Yeezys. What about the Yeezy we mentioned last week? Crocs, you got those, Joey? That you could throw up? Oh, my goodness. You talk about ugly. If y'all let this man brainwash y'all into buying these damn shoes, man, you <laughs> those are, are I can't gross. speak to How you. How much if are they? How much are shoes? they? Because I'm getting those for Rajah. These are gonna be what I'm gonna oh. get for you. I'm gonna get you some of the Yeezy Crocs, and I think that's Kim K on the back of the uh, motorcycle. Her my boys are brainwashed. Like my my sons, they love Yeezys. I'm like I I, I can't support that. <laughs> I don't know if I could either. Like use your own money. Crocs I can't are making a comeback. Them. Crocs are making a comeback too, though. By the way, if your kid, I your never had a problem with Crocs. They're coming back now. All right, how about our showdown? I don't even think this is going to be close. It's, well, not I today because be you're recycling no, I'm not. These again. are totally different. These are totally no. different. These are the Air Jordan 1 UNC off-whites. <laughs> these are dope. I got different laces in If anybody baby. out there is listening, text laces. the show if you've seen these before. I know you haven't seen this, but you haven't seen this look. What do you got? Oh, just because you, you changed the laces in Yeah, it? those are totally different. Ah, Libra. I just want to... Full disclosure, I forgot it was Shoe Showdown, so I just went in last <laughs> minute and grabbed some ones. Those before. Those no, are pretty good. No, because I, I actually part- I participate in the rules. <laughs> no, but I mean, you can't compete with an off-white in those. No, days. I know. You probably win today, but like it's, it's, it's all going to have an asterisk. It's going to have an asterisk by it. Asterisk, asterisk. Danny with the different. upset win, according to Ruben, and the Yeezy Crocs <laughs> are $75. Oh, then oh, I'll get him right, three right. pairs. Yeah, and then I'll get those. <laughs> all right. Good stuff, man. Enjoy That's the Wednesday. Great. We'll be back. The winner crowned again <laughs> after a few weeks of defeat. <laughs>